and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, it's through the wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. With the postseason now in full swing, we are uh, going to look back at the first round of playoff games, the wild cards, uh, and following that, we're also going to be making our picks for the divisional games taking place this weekend. And what a absolutely cracking slate of games they uh, look, that look to be. More on that a bit later. Uh, first, though, as ever, we're going to take a look at what's been happening around the league. So, uh, yeah, how's, how's things, G? Do you uh, enjoy being a, a wild card neutral for the first time in a while? I was a bit confused by it all, which is probably why I missed my cue to say something daft, like I usually do at the start of the podcast. It was like, and my brain's gone blank. And it it wasn't the best set of games, was it? Let's be honest. Um, You know, for for nearest, I think the nearest game we had was 13 points. And, um, but it's still, there's football and interesting things to be seen. But yeah, we we were lacking competitive games, shall we say? Yes, but we will, uh, we will, we will still uh, talk about them and give you the, uh, make them try and make them sound as. Oh uh, yeah, no, plenty to talk about. Lots of stuff going on in the NFL as well. So you know, plenty of good NFL content for your ears. That's it. Well, this uh, this first piece of uh, piece of news is kind of an update from last week, I suppose. We uh, we talked about the the coaching roundabout and the uh, merry go round, sorry, and the um, the 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 effect of Black Monday uh, and and the uh, where, where coaches generally tend to. Uh, leave their positions or, or be, be forced to leave their positions um, so as of as of recording it is currently Wednesday night uh, so uh, almost almost certainly as soon as we finish recording somebody will hire somebody and it'll, it'll miss the, uh, miss the deadline I, I, I thought it was usually about five minutes after you posted yeah well up. generally that's it but uh, it's uh, as we as we speak the Bills, Rams, 49ers, Broncos and Chargers head coach positions are still open uh, Jaguars have confirmed that uh, Doug Marone uh, Marone, Marone uh, is uh, their new I say, I say, new head coach. He's, he was there interim for the uh, the back end of uh, of the season, uh, and they brought Tom Coughlin back as well in Jacksonville to uh, be executive vice president of football operations. See, my problem is that you seem to have like this critical thing about whether you were going to say coaching merry-go-round or roundabout, which I assume <laughs> is because you wanted to use the American term. And I've just been sat here with the magic roundabout theme going around in my head. So all oh, I want brilliant. to do is going. And so, but yeah, no. So Jaguars. Um, I was surprised. I got the feeling from the timings that they weren't necessarily sure they wanted to hire Marone, but um, they seem to have been convinced by him. I'm guessing he probably said something about. Um, being able to rescue Bortles and a lot of people were talking about Tom Coughlin being a serious candidate for them and he lives in the area and obviously with his previous history yeah. I think they wanted to have his experience at VP but uh, I believe he's 71 so it's not like they wanted to give him a three year contract and, and have that older head coach That's hanging around point. I think but they've got two discipline focused I believe um, coaches who will hopefully work well together and I'm guessing that's always the plan, but you know you can see the sense in what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the Browns as well; they've they've replaced their uh, defensive coordinator Ray uh, Ray Horton. Uh, they've replaced him with the Rams form, former Rams uh, defensive coordinator Greg Williams as well. That's a uh, um, an interesting one, given how the Rams were last year. Yeah, but I. If you look at the talent and the way they played at the start of the year, they won some games where they, they won two games last season without scoring a touchdown and only yeah. field goals. And the offense was so bad. And it's only so long, I think, that you can be excellent on one side of the ball and it not get you down when the other side just can't do anything. So mm. I see what you're saying about an interesting one. But um, I actually think that it's not a bad hire. And if he's not convinced by Ray Horton, and I don't know if um, um, Hugh Jackson has a history with Greg Williams, but bearing in mind he's a very aggressive coach, which sort of would feel like it matched with the philosophy already in the Browns and Hugh Jackson's approach on offense. And so you can see sort of his blitz attack um 
um, minded um, scheme and okay there could be questionable stuff obviously with the bounty gate stuff still hanging over from the Saints but you could see that possibly being a, being a fit and yeah. um, you could see that they were trying to make an improvement and Greg Williams was available and so they, they made a move very quickly for him yeah um, and just as we were as we were going uh, to, to start recording I had a, uh, a little notification on my phone saying that uh, it looks like Vance Joseph's going to be uh, be joining the Broncos as head coach that's an that doesn't surprise me because we were talking about um, we were talking about um, him recently as being a coaching candidate and he was certainly thought of very highly um, by the Bengals when he was their secondary coach. Yeah. The other thing that, that interests me about that was he, he it wasn't wasn't exactly his best tape that he put on last week with the defense, was it? And how <laughs> much of that was to do with injuries in the secondary and also um, we'll get to I don't know if you've got it in your notes for for the game or or for the news, but um, for decision to um, stay in Miami and not cold weather train before a, cold, a freezing mm. cold game in Pittsburgh which was a curious coaching decision but uh, I believe he's got some some history with it with the franchise and so I, I think it potentially could be a very good hire but it, but you know it's a he's leaping from one year as a, as a defensive coordinator straight up to head coach so it's certainly a bold move but then we have come to expect nothing less from John Elway yeah well looking at the other the others you've got you've got Bills Rams 49ers and Chargers what what do you think which which do you think is the the most attractive vacancy out of those um those four teams Bills Rams 49ers Chargers yeah that's really hard to say because I don't think either of them are particularly attractive for different reasons um mm. the Bills does it not feel like there's a certain amount of disownership sort of dysfunction with the ownership and in particular with the GM up yeah. there yeah. you've got the Rams who you know you've got the big question at quarterback um the thing for me was at least with them you can go in with a conversation with Stan Kroenke and you know you can expect in the future serious money to be spent on um on the offensive um not the offensive but the facilities and stuff so you know you've got like state-of-the-art equipment and if you're spending all that money on that I can bet if you went in and said look I want to spend X amount on um, sports science and and do all this kind of thing he'd be very up for being very cutting edge but you know the roster's not that far away but it's whether you believe in that quarterback the 49ers are starting etch-a-sketch end of the world again and again it looks like a funny owner situation so it really depends on whether you could who they appoint as um, GM whether you're going to be in lockstep with them and the Chargers theoretically would almost be the best job because they seem to have quite a lot of talent and obviously with Philip Rivers as quarterback you've got a chance but they're up in the air in terms of moving and what's going on with the franchise and so you see what I mean? It's for, I for, they're all different levels. There's no outstanding job for me in that one. I, yeah. I think the one I almost fancy most of them is the one is the Jaguars' job because everybody's talking about the Broncos as being um, the easiest job because just look at the squad, etc. Yeah, but look at the division they're in. Yeah. And you know the Raiders will be back next year, and Andy Reid isn't going anywhere. Whereas at least with the Jaguars, you've got the Colts, which are up in the air, and who knows what they're doing. The Texans. So, um, seem to be doing about a quarterback every year you know you've got the titans that looks to be a division that you can be more, that's easier to be competitive in than the afc west at the moment you'd have thought so well there's a, just just moving on to uh to our second our second piece of uh of news this week it's, it's kind of all controversy and it's something that's been talked about a lot in in news and in podcasts and things like that this this week there was quite a lot of controversy around the Giants. Obviously, the Giants players, uh, they, they played the, uh, the Packers in their wildcard game. More on that a little bit later. Got thumped. In the week before leading up to it, they were the, the, a lot of some of the players were were, were posted on, on Instagram being as being in, in Miami, uh, enjoying enjoying the weather in Miami, that kind of thing. They went on to lose to the Packers. Um, 
Odell Beckham Jr. was one of those players that was that was involved in it and was, was was seen in those in those photos. Went on to have a pretty poor game, and there's a lot of people criticising the players, saying that they, they they should perhaps have been concentrating a bit more on the game. What's what's your take on it? My take on it is that the media hubbub that surrounded it was almost made a distraction out of something that possibly wasn't a distraction, but was not a great look. Yeah. Um, it was basically the receiver room. So it wasn't just Beckham. You know, there was, I believe, Victor Cruz and Sterling Shepard was there as well. Um, and it's a day off, and uh, I see from your notes that you, you've picked up on the comment that Tom Brady made on it, which he used to fly back to California um, in his day offs, but it, you know, there wasn't the same kind of social media presence as such, mm. so nobody picked up on it. I think partly it's, it's not a great look between the playoffs and you sort of it's one of those things where if you do this you're almost asking for trouble if you don't perform the next weekend and you're not necessarily sure it sends a great message to the teammates but I don't think they'd really care other than suddenly the press are making a thing of it all week and they're asking questions and that almost it's it's almost if you give the media a sniff and they can make it a distraction then that's almost worse than the act itself because you know they were hanging out on a boat um they're on a charter plane i'm almost certain they got a lift in they probably you know did their rehab it's not the biggest thing in the world but i think it's been escalated by the media does that make sense yeah it absolutely does and i think i think you're right about them making it more of a distraction than it perhaps would have been i i totally totally agree that's exactly what i was thinking it's it's one of those where where the the other the, I suppose the other way to look at it is is the fact that it did get in the media and it maybe would have would have perhaps meant they'd have gone right well we've got a point to prove now let's go and let's go and do this I think it depends on on the mindset of the players involved and also I mean the bit for me that that it frustrates me in terms of you get the, the the hot take artists in 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 America and what Dave Damashek likes to talk about is the occupants of Mount Pius who will be carrying on alarming and letting your teammates down and all that mm. and you know these are human beings but it doesn't exactly show great um, judgment because it's not like they did this on the down low and nipped to Miami had a good time on the boat and came home again they were posting it themselves on Instagram so it's like they were going oh, look what I'm doing and and, and that's going to get picked up and so it's almost incredibly naive yeah. to, to it not expect this hubbub to follow. And so, you know, if I was a quarterback, I'd, I'd, I'd have wanted to go possibly in, you know, on Tuesday morning, you know, and nip into the receiver room and bang heads together. Just going, look, honestly, guys, do you really think this was a smart plan? Not because mm. I would have thought that um, it would affect their play. I think what more affected their play was it was a big game and it was bloody cold. And, and I don't know how much um, prep they'd done, you know, um, in terms of um, prepping for that level of cold from where they were in New York. But at the end of the day, I think a mountain is being made out of a molehill to a point, but they've opened themselves up to criticism, and my hope would be that they begin to learn. But that requires either the team structure or, you know, maybe their um, agents to be interacting or somebody in their life to say, look, guys, you know, this wasn't a terrible thing, but it wasn't a smart thing either. No, you're absolutely right. Well, if you uh, if you don't know what happened to the, uh, to the to the Giants this weekend, keep listening. In about ten minutes, you'll find out. So, wildcard weekend was this weekend just gone. We saw uh, four games played this weekend. Uh, there was two on Saturday and two on Sunday. So, the uh, the first two were pretty one. Well, the first three, I suppose, were pretty one sided affairs. But uh, the, the the Saturday night games they started with the Oakland Raiders and the Houston Texans. Uh, the Houston Texans won this one twenty seven fourteen. The Raiders were without their first and second string quarterbacks due to injuries. Uh, the Texans uh, had also had kind of QB issues of their own uh, they went with uh, with Brock Osweiler for this one um, Connor Cook first of all his first NFL start uh, rookie this year uh, it wasn't a great game was it 
Yeah, but you can see that there are things about him that you could see why he was on on, on the team. It's just yeah. that you know he was the third string quarterback and a rookie. You know he's got an arm on him. There were one or two balls that it was like, oh yeah, I can see the arm talent, and he wasn't dreadful. But no. it's a hell of a game to, to to be making your first start in, particularly behind. You mentioned sort of the quarterback problems, but they um, also lost their Pro Bowl left tackle for the game because he's got a fracture in his knee, and it was apparently it was only a small one, and he was desperate to get back, but but, but the guy said no, and then their Pro Bowl centre was out for a stretch of the game as well so you can sort of see what a production issues mm. in terms of both protection and establishing the running game so no he wasn't great and you know it was a large part of why they lost but you can see why he's on the team but obviously this t- the Raiders really suffered for losing Derek Carr um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago and that sort of sunk their season and it was also highlighted the, the smoke and mirrors that have been going on for a defence that I kind of expected I kind of expected the Raiders defence to be a bit more like how the Giants were in that they had some, some free agent signings that I liked nothing spectacular but you know you've got Reggie Nelson in the back end and I'm trying to remember the name of the XC Hawks I think it's Cliff Averill who's on the mm. other side to Khalil yes, Matt so. rushing and so you kind of expected the defence to be a little better than than they were particularly as when I've looked at that defence before I'm trying to remember the name of the linebacker but um, back when Khalil Mack was playing on the outside of like a 3-4 there was an inside linebacker that I quite liked so you know there were pieces there but the defence didn't quite come together and yeah um, it turns out that Brock Osweiler isn't totally terrible no, that's it. He was he was probably better than uh, than a lot maybe expected him to be. But uh, do you think do you think that was that was the right call going for? Uh, well, I say was it the right call going for him? The, I, th- I believe the there other uh, QB whose name es- escapes me unfortunately. Tom Savage. That's the fella. Uh, was in concussion protocol, wasn't he? Yes, yes. No, I'm fairly certain he was concussion protocol and not the injured shoulder. There's uh, yeah. an awful lot of broken quarterbacks floating around these this wild card weekend. There so, certainly was. So yeah, I don't think it was it was much of a choice for them. But um, he did all right, and I think the problem that Osweiler's had is that he's been very inconsistent and interestingly maybe he just needs to play the Raiders every week because if you remember <laughs> the last time I said that Osweiler didn't look too bad was against the Raiders in Mexico when he was having lasers shot yeah. in his eyes so um, I think the problem will be next week when he goes up against that Patriots defence and, and I don't think he's mastered this offence yet and so I think that's likely to be highlighted there but I think he's probably better than his detractors want to, 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 to make him out to be but not you know there aren't too many defenders but he's not brilliant either if that makes sense yeah absolutely it's you know we're back to me complaining about the hot take culture but I don't think he's necessarily as bad as people say but you know he's undeniably been bad this season and 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 struggled but he executed this game plan and, and, and protected the ball and that's all you can ask for a player yeah, I mean, there was a lot of struggles for the Raiders. They they managed uh, their their lead in Russia. Uh, Murray got thirty nine yards and twelve attempts. One of one of those was 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 an eighteen yarder. So you can you can imagine how how the uh, the rest went. And also they were they were pretty pretty poor on on third down as well. Twelve percent efficiency for two out of sixteen. Was it a particularly poor day for the Raiders? Do you think, or a particularly good one for the Texans? A combination. I mean, I think it's very hard to run on the Texans. Trying to move Vince Wilfork is not great. Um, I wonder how much the line played into that. But also, um, sort of twenty-one rush attempts for a team that's been quite run heavy. Yeah. Uh, if you're coming in with your third-string um, quarterback making his first start in a playoff game, I don't suspect you would want him to be making forty-five attempts. No, no, you certainly don't. You'd, you'd I would have expected them to run a lot more than they did. Yeah, and the problem was that they got behind early, but not that far behind. I and mean, they went ten nil, sort of they were ten nil down, and then brought it back to seven ten. And it wasn't, you know, and okay, by the end of the end of the first half, it got to twenty, you know, twenty seven. But you know, there are elements where 
it sometimes feels like when a team gets behind and they say, oh, well, we were behind, so we're having to throw. And it's like, when there's you're 27 at half time, there's time in the second half to run your offense normally. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go into pass first all the time, If you particularly if you don't necessarily have the offense for it. And in this case, um, I think even if you didn't get much, much success with it, if you keep the defense honest by making them respect the run attempt even if they're they're stuffing a bit you know you you have to keep you can't just keep passing because it just allows um for defense and Jadavian Clowney and uh, Whitney Merciless to basically put their ears back and rush the passer yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been uh, to be to be fair to the uh, uh, to, to the Raiders. I did mention their their first down efficiency. The Texans wasn't much better. They were four out of fifteen uh, made down. Third, sorry, third down efficiency. Um, so yeah, not uh, not not a, not a great day, I, I suppose, for either team. As I say, it ended up with the uh, with the uh, the Texans winning this one twenty seven fourteen, and they're going to go on to uh, face the Patriots next week. So a bit more of a tough test, but uh, talk a bit more about that in a few minutes. Um, okay. These, the second game uh, was the uh, was, yeah it was another one sided one. Uh, it was the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. Twenty six six this finish. It was a game that could have been very. It could have been a different. Uh, it could have looked very different last week. Had the uh, the Lions managed to beat the Packers uh, in the uh, the last weekend of the regular season, they uh, they uh, picked up the, uh, the, the 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 that top spot in their division. Um, it turned out to be another fairly one sided one, but the, uh, the, the obviously the Seahawks led throughout this uh, this game. As I say, twenty six six was the final score. Really good game for the Seahawks offense, wasn't it? Both uh, in the air and, and on the ground. Yeah, I I was surprised because the Detroit defense has been okay. It's not amazing, but it's been okay. But the, the yeah, the Seahawks um sort of proving everybody wrong. And I was worried about them coming into this game just because their offense has been really struggling in recent weeks, and the defense have been really struggling um ever since Earl Thomas had gone out. In fact, there was like a really uh, judicious drop in their DVOA against the pass, but mm. basically before um, Earl Thomas and afterwards. But um in this game, the defense played much better than I was expecting, and then yeah, the offense. As, as well and where Rolls was able to consistently run the ball and um, the Seahawks managed to get something out of um, Doug Bolden who, who frequently played well for them but also um, Paul Richardson Paul came Richardson. up with yeah. with a couple of catches and I, I've heard talk and I, I need to go back and watch it again to say, to say that his amazing touchdown catch he was holding on to the quarterback's face, face mask and I, I must admit I missed that because I was too busy looking at the amazing one hand wrapped round the cornerback catch that was it was it was incredible. It was one of the one of the best one hundred catches I have ever seen. But yeah, I think it was. I think it was the same for the referees. I think it was uh, the case of them looking to see whether he caught the ball and uh, not. It's going, I can't possibly throw a, throw a flag against that. That was an amazing play. Yeah. Um, an element that, and also, I swear, I, I try not to pick on you too much. But I'm sure this, that's the second time this season you've said that that's the most amazing one handed catch that I've seen. Well, seen. it probably was. It's, it's, <laughs> this has overtaken it. It's uh, it was just keep bettering and bettering themselves. And, and with um, obviously having them lost Tyler Lockett and and. Um, I was worried about Jimmy Graham because he took a hell of a hit yeah, at one point. Hit. Uh, um, you know, it was good for them to see another receiver and establish a bit of an offense. And we'll be very interested to see what they do in the coming week. But yeah, it was mm. the poor Lions. The defense struggled, and then the offense. Uh, uh, we were talking earlier about um, um, balance of the off, uh, 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 of pass versus run for the um, Raiders, and I thought was complaining about that. The Lions only tried to run it fifteen times, and. Yeah. Zach Zenner didn't get great results, but but he looked pretty good the week before. And, he and, did. And you, you'd have thought again. You need to stick to it enough to make the defense play you honestly. Yeah, well, that's it. 30, Thirty-four yards from uh, from eleven attempts from Zach Zenner, and uh, yeah, given given how he played against the uh, against the, the Packers, he was probably the standout player of the of the Lions that week. But uh, yeah, bit 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 of a different week for him. Yeah, and. Um, 
and it just seems a strange approach when you know that Matthew Stafford's still having problems with his finger and he's not mm. looked right. He's not had the same control and zip on the ball um, ever since he, you know, he dislocated his finger and he's wearing that weird splint with the one-fingered glove. And so you would have thought that you'd have tried to take the pressure off him a little bit if you could. To uh, and but it just didn't work out for them when they weren't able to do the fourth quarter of X and it's yet another on the road loss uh, playoff loss for the Lions. It is, and the uh, and the Seahawks are now through to uh, to, to the the divisional week. So uh, yeah, they're going to face the uh, face the Atlanta Falcons. Bit more of a bit more of a tough test for them. Um, speaking of tough tests, the Dolphins were huge underdogs against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in the in the third game of the uh, of the wild cards. The uh, yeah, the, it, that's kind of how it went as well. Um, so the uh, the Steelers won this one thirty points to twelve. Uh, it was. I mean, the Dolphins beat the Steelers in the week six. JJ made over two hundred rushing yards, but it was it was a tough one for him. I don't think he uh, he managed. He, he certainly didn't manage to get much going uh, for for the Dolphins this week. No, I mean, I, I don't know whether you want to to just sit here and vent about your team or whether I you would prefer, prefer me to talk for you. But um, to me, they just they got they was on the back foot almost from the get go. Um, yeah. The secondary problems meant that Antonio Brown scored two touchdowns and had over 100 yards of um, passing in the first quarter. And and that almost set the tone for the rest of the game, bless you. Um, obviously, your defence came into it a bit more. The offence struggled all day. Um, yeah, Jay didn't have much going for him. Um, James Harrison, the ageless wanderer outside linebacker, causing mm. problems, strip sacks, um, making it tough for everybody. And that defence has been sort of... Playing like that a bit later, I think they had one or two injuries on the line when you played him earlier in the season. Yeah, and you listen to Steelers fans, and they talk about how they have a nasty tendency on the road against teams that they think they should beat of not playing up to the, to the level that they should do. And this is the playoffs, and, and I think they had a pro- point to prove. But also, there's a lot of talk about the fact that the Miami didn't practice in the cold. Yeah, but they stayed but- in Miami. Yeah, and then came to Pittsburgh and did play in the cold, and the tackling in your team for almost like the first half. Yeah, was awful. just just. I mean, for the first, you know, there was the first. I can't remember if it's the first or the second. I'm getting them mixed up, but there was the one where they went down the line, where the corner just played with bad technique, and Jesse James was able to push him to the inside so that Antonio Brown could go down the line and score score yep. the touchdown. Yep. And you know, your technique is you want to be on the outside shoulder so that um, you force you force the player with the ball back inside because that's where your help is and so gone and then um, the second one where it was just a bad angle from the safety wasn't it where he just took took that slant and just ran past him and went and it was yeah. sort of but, but that was half their points just in the first quarter mm. well that's it I mean it's 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 one of those I, I was uh, believe it or not sorry to drop a name here I was uh, I was talking to on uh, on Twitter to friend of the show Nick Ferguson we um, do love Mr Ferguson we do love Mr Ferguson um, I was uh, I was talking to Mr uh, Mr Ferguson during the uh, during the game um, and he commented on the on the, the, the cold weather thing and uh, he, he, his, his exact words were uh, when you're a warm weather team uh, and you play in the cold weather and give up scores in the bunches the weather gets colder 
it goes. It's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's always it's always going to be difficult. You're always going to be up against it, especially if you've not even tried to train in the uh, in, in the cold, really. So it was always going to be difficult. The thing for me, um, I'm going to have my rant now. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. You go for it. I, I don't have a Dan Claxon because I don't have because you're not the one with a reputation for banging on alarming. But you know, I, I shall yeah. try and interrupt if you go too far. <laughs> well, the yeah, the, I mean, the thing, the, the problem for me was uh, was that we we almost seen we we very much looked out of the depth for the for the, for the whole game. Couldn't contain. Uh, Antonio Brown and, and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the secondary was 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 poor and broken, um, but uh, it, it was we we kind of it, it was it was weird. It was like we panicked when we were, towards the end of the first half. We were uh, we were we were actually in danger of, of getting of, of actually pulling it level. If, we, if for, for a good if we'd managed to score, we, we I think we got to the, to within about ten yards of scoring at the uh, at the end of the, the first half. We were receiving the ball in the second as well, and we were fourteen points behind. We could have, we could easily, well, I say easily, with a bit of a look and with a bit of a prevailing wind, we could have, uh, we could have pulled that one back, back in. But it was like they just panicked, uh, went and and started dropping things. Matt Moore dropped a drop one. Uh, I think he threw a, an interception in that uh, in in the first um, drive back after the after half time. So it it was it was always. I mean, from there onwards, it was just. It looked to me as though we were just we just were out of our depth. Didn't have much of a chance, and uh, and yeah, it was. We were just really hurt by by some some mistakes, and 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 really there was there was the, there was even the the, the early jump at the field goal as well um, oh, um, how much of a fool did I can't remember who it was who gets I over the centre untouched and then gives up you know it's like oh that's a five yard penalty and now they get a first down yeah exactly well that's it and it could it could have it could have uh, saved us a few points but yeah not to not to be unfortunately so uh, yeah that's that's our season that's our season done and dusted unfortunately but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I, I think we need to be a little bit careful. I mean, because obviously, um, I think we're both sat here questioning the the, the the warm weather practice thing, and it's something I've heard from a few people. But generally, Adam Gase has had a very good first year, and you know, I would trust him to maybe think, ah, okay, that's something to file it away and learn from it for next year, because you know, coaches do learn and develop. And so, yeah. I think there's a lot for you to be hopeful for. This is the first time you've been in the, in the playoffs since like 2007, isn't it? Did so it, uh, 2008, yeah, 2008. So you know, it's it. it, it it's very easy for me to say being on the outside, but I know this feeling, but you know, give it a few more weeks and, and let the off season begin to happen and, and hope she'll return. But I think this is as positive as I felt about your dolphins for you is in a good few years. So, you know, let's not yeah. overdo it here. The one thing I would, other thing I would mention about this game is obviously that hit on Matt Moore. Um, yeah. Big hit, big hit. Um, I don't think it was dirty. I can see why they flagged it, and I think they got him under the chin. But you know, it's so hard for defensive players in these bits, and you know, he's outside the pocket, so he so he is a live target. But um, one play off and then back in for the concussion protocol check. You know, you do wonder about sometimes the, you know, the commitment to safety when 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 you know it, it feels wrong, even though we're not medical experts and they could have done it. But it just yeah. feels a bit odd that he was back out so quickly. Yeah, well, it was uh, like I say, it was uh, it's game over now for the uh, for the Dolphins for this season. I must say, gee, of all the people to be uh, comforting me uh, as after after a loss in the wild at wild card week, you're to, the, to you're the Steelers, the, no less. You're the, yeah, you're <laughs> the guy that as a as a Bengals fan, you're the guy that I'd want uh, I want comforting me. You know that feeling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad to be of service. I think that's it. 
So the Steelers are going to play the uh, the Chiefs next week and again. So yeah, that'll be a, that'll be quite a good game, I think. But uh, yeah, more on that a little bit later. Um, last game was the uh, the Giants and the Packers. We already mentioned that uh, obviously the Giants had had their uh, had their little week off and a little bit of time away from uh, from uh, practice uh, for uh, a, a recreational trip, certainly for the uh, receiving core. Um, the game ended uh, 38-13 to the Green Bay Packers. Um, both teams kind of hit, had, had, had going into this one had really hit form in the uh, in the second half of the season, so it was it was really kind of seen by many as as the game of the weekend. This one, and uh, yeah, the uh, it was it was the same result as when they when they met earlier in the season, and the uh, the Packers beat the Giants then as well. The really weird thing for me is that the first half was basically competitive until about the last. Um, really second. was, yeah, it really it was. was. Tight, and the Giants, it was sort of going how we were expecting them. The Giants were were keeping things tight and the offense was struggling a little bit but you know they kicked a couple of field goals and there was six points up and then Aaron Rodgers um begins to find his way um I think both teams lost players fairly early on um Jordy Nelson um turns out had cracked ribs uh, yeah, he's got a, a pair of cracked ribs. ribs after that game but um Rodgers Kamati went down for um the Giants who, who's been playing quite a lot of slot corner I think for them and during the course of the game, um, and particularly in that second quarter, Aaron Rodgers started to do Aaron Rodgers things, and sort of <laughs> thing, you know, he made an incredible play in that he's doing that dancing, but not like running around, but like you know working in a tight area, buying like another eight nine seconds yeah. before throwing a ball to um, Devonte Adams in the end zone, and how you know in fact he wasn't open. No, I've not no, at all. No, it was a crazy sort of you know. There's a lot of trust and understanding between the two for them to make that play, and then. Right at the death, when the Giants should be um, sort of trying to get into halftime, seven six down, and, and right in it, Aaron Rodgers, who it would seem after this game that we have a definitive answer for: if your life depended on, on a successful hail mary, mm. who did you want to throw it? Because that's the third in two seasons Certainly, for Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and so you know, clear. You know, I didn't think that's you know, there's so much luck involved. I didn't think we'd have a definitive answer for that, and it would appear that we might. Um, small sample size, so I wouldn't overdo it, but just. He, he has an app with getting the ball over the back and I believe it was an offensive um, pass interference but they never seem to get called and yet mm. uh, caught in the back of the end zone and suddenly the Packers start to pull away and then in the second half they just really really put the boot in and the sort of like it felt like the Giants started off okay, but then you know, the receivers have one or two drops, and and then it just began to fall apart. Not only for them, but for Eli um, a bit with his throwing. And I don't know if he was, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to read into emotional state, but it just the, the, the timing was off, and things start to go wrong for them, and they were just never able to get back into the game. Yeah, no, you're uh, you're spot on, and like that, like you say, that um, that that hail mary was 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 a fantastic play, and it was it was it literally it just kind of floated to the guy, just just almost over the pack, wasn't it? And just, well, uh, yeah, just got to... I mean, this is things. There were like three um, Packers in the end zone and about eight um, giant defenders, yeah. and and the weird thing about it was that there was like a sea of giants in front of him, and then right at the back of the end zone is, is Adams, and the ball just comes over the top of them, and somehow no player gets a hold a hold of it, and it's not like he jumped; it sort of fell into his arm. Arms, rather yeah, than dude. having to do the classic sort of attacking the high point, which is sort of what you're taught to do. Yeah, yeah, and this, uh, like the the patience, I think, on Aaron Rodgers is incredible. Like you say, that he buys him; he's, he's so good at buying. But there's something about the time. loft as well, and the hail mary as well. Yeah, it gives the players time to get up there, and it's clearly yeah. thrown 
with a plan in mind. It's coming down and there's always a player in the vicinity. And it's, it, there seems to be more accuracy than the, than the classic heave you sometimes see. Because, you know, yeah. you, you don't see it coming down. And you are very often sit and go, what was the defence doing? But, you know, the ball's going to be put in the right place and the receiver's going to make a play for it to work. Yeah, I mean, when I say when I say he's this, the most patient, I wasn't just talking about the the Hail Mary. I think throughout the whole game, he showed that that he, he's when he when he gives himself time and 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 really has that has that patience to to wait for a, for a, for a guy. It really pays off, and it it, it, it shows can during do, this game. But it was it was it was almost that was which was causing the problems early in the season. You know, when it was looking bad for them, the problem was that he was trying to make plays out of structure and it wasn't working, and he mm. wasn't making plays in structure, and he was almost trying too hard to scramble and find time and do it. And then something's happened with the receivers and confidence and, and suddenly in the last sort of seven eight games he started to look like the old Aaron Rodgers and he's frankly really terrifying and I, I'm sure the Cowboys who've you know played consistently great all season are really thrilled that they've got um, <laughs> the Packers coming in with this kind of form yeah absolutely so that, that's the yeah uh, that's gonna be the game next week and I think that is going to be the game of the week for me yeah it's uh, yeah be a yeah be a good one that one I think uh, I think this I think it's going to be a, a very competitive game I, I think this was the competitive game that for, for, from the World Wild Cup weekend, and we got a half of competitive football. I think next <laughs> week we're looking at three competitive games, and I'm really quite excited. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and G, it's been a uh, couple of weeks, but it is time for us to have a look at what you've been writing about on the blog this week. So, uh, yeah, you had, you had time to, uh, to to look this week at the the disappointed twenty that uh, didn't make it into the postseason, and um, yeah, I mean, we we actually said goodbye to some pretty decent teams, didn't we? Yeah, and the Bengals and some pretty bad ones, but it was it was. It's, I do this to myself um, at different times during the, during the year, depending on how things are going and what strikes me. But but every now and again, I'll go, oh, let's do a roundup of the league at the quarter pole, or let's say goodbye to all twenty teams, and then I'm sat there for a couple of hours in going, I forgot that there's thirty two teams, and you know, even writing a few few words words on each team, it it. it sort of um it starts to get to really take some time but the nice thing about it is it sort of confirms to you as you do it that you actually you have been paying attention and there are teams that you watch more than others mm. um one of the nice things about Thursday night games is even though for football is questionable it does give us a chance to see everybody we do try and make sure that we cover each team more than once and I'm pretty sure we're good at that and yeah. so between following it following it and watching highlights and stuff you get a feel for all the teams if you don't get to watch them and it's nice to sort of confirm that to yourself when you come to the end of the season and go actually yes no I have opinions on what's going on well and what isn't and, and there are interesting players to look at and so um, it's always a fun exercise for me yeah are you, going to, are you making any picks at this stage for uh, for who's going to be uh, looking looking good next season out of the uh, out of those disappointed 20 hmm <clears throat> Quick turnarounds, quick turnarounds. That's a really good question, which um, isn't on the list, and so um, <laughs> I don't have an easy answer. Surprise! To um, I, I do think for the, for the, for the Bengals receivers were coming again, so a draft could turn things around and they could be competitive. Yeah. Uh, I certainly think Baltimore will be. Um, in terms of the lesser teams, I'm. You could see the Jaguars. I really could see the Jaguars taking a step. Mm. Um, so, but so much depends on Bortles and his injuries and fixing his mechanics. Um, I wonder if the right player with the Bills could, but I'm, I'm worried about their situation there. Um, yeah. Let me just bring up the rest of the teams. I'm not convinced by the Colts because they're not changing anything. So I'm just I'm just bringing up the, the structures to see if there's anybody else. I think Cleveland could make a step, not to 
you know suddenly be competitive for the playoffs necessarily but I just think with all the picks I, I, I like the plan there and it feels like of all the bad teams that they're the, the sort of the best set up to, to make a stride and then you've got the likes of Arizona who had a down year and Carolina who are very likely to bounce back and, and actually the Bucks the Bucks are ones to watch they only just missed out the playoffs this year so you know it feels like we can be positive about quite a lot of teams who didn't make it uh, same with the Tennessee Titans as long as Mariota comes back yeah well is there anything you've uh, you've got your your eye on this week to uh, to have a look at i'm working currently although not much because work got in the way but i've started at least like a similar goodbye to the um four teams that we lost and i'll probably write up some previews about the game and we'll cover anything else that strikes me about the coaching changes or anything um as and when it strikes me excellent well uh, for all of that and much more from g make sure you tune into the blog it can be found at the wrong com. are you ready for some football so we are only a couple of weeks away from the uh, Super Bowl now, so it's getting towards the uh, the, the business end of the, uh, of the of the playoffs. So we're uh, we're right in the uh, in the middle in the middle uh, section of the uh, of the playoff weeks, I suppose, in the uh, the divisional week, and we see the uh, the first and second te- uh, seeds start coming back into play after their lovely week off. I'm sure they very much enjoyed themselves. Um, looking at the AFC games first, then uh, Texans and the Patriots, uh, the the uh, the game that on well Saturday into Sunday 1 a.m. Uh, this is going to be the one sided one, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's hard to see. Um, didn't the Texans get shut out earlier in the season in um, New I England? I think they did. They yeah. got beaten very heavily. And it's hard to see. I, I'm not predicting that again. But yeah, no, that feels like a very one-sided game. The Patriots um, are, are not a team you feel that are going to struggle coming, off, coming mm. off a bye week. And they will have a game plan. And particularly as there's not much to shut down on the Texans offense in the first place so they'll they'll have a plan for DeAndre Hopkins and yeah that feels like a very one-sided game for me yeah it does I, I think you're absolutely right I'm pretty uh pretty sure that this is going to be a, yeah, a one-sided one and the uh, the Patriots are going to uh, going to be uh, emerging victorious and going on to face one of the next two teams next week so uh, the next two teams are the Steelers and the Chiefs so I know the Steelers very well from watching them this uh, this last week I was uh, yeah I was I, I was relatively impressed with them but then again they uh, Big Ben took a bit of a knock didn't he so uh, yeah could be a could be an interesting game this one I think this is going to be really competitive you know the Steelers playoff tested everything's going uh, we know Andy Reid is very good off a of bye because he has that mm. ridiculous win record off it. So he's had a week to prep. Um, his defense has been very nasty. And his offense with um, the speed that they've got at the skill positions, um, I, yeah, I think this should be a cracking, cracking game. Do you think the Chiefs can uh, can deal with the with the Steelers' run game? Because um, obviously, uh, last uh, last last week against the against the Dolphins, it was it was a it was it was very. <laughs> Very noticeable how, uh, how 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 good Le'Veon Bell was, and 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 really how uh, how how patient he was, and how he how he kind of found gaps that that didn't seemingly didn't exist. He is an incredible running back for that. I mean, he is a very very often you you look at running backs and they hit the hole, and, and it's not often that you have a running back with such a markedly different style. And mm. you have someone like Shaney McCoy who's very shifty, but you know it hits the hole, whereas. The acceleration seems to be the thing with Le'Veon Bell. And he literally comes to a standstill, waits for the blocks, and then just goes. And it's that acceleration from like a standing stop to a very light run through that you can see him pulling away from defenders. And he's incredibly patient behind the line. And I think it will be difficult. Having um, a nose tackle of the quality of Dontari Poe will definitely help with that. And the, the Chiefs' defense has been pretty damn solid in recent, but it's very opportunistic. So I, th- I think... 
with a player of Le'Veon Bell's quality, you, you're only ever hoping to contain him. You're not going to eliminate him completely. But, you know, mm. I have trust in that Chiefs defense that, that they will be able to do enough to give him an opportunity to win the game. Whether they can or not, I don't know. Because, you know, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, it, you know, it, it's a really strong foundation for your offense. But but I think, yes, the Chiefs have enough defense to make it competitive. Mm. I Yeah, I, I've, I need to pick this one fairly shortly because I've got to, I'm in a pick, another pick competition which I'm doing okay at and I'm struggling on this this is one that I'm still not sure which way I'm going to go with but uh, yeah it's is it's, it I mean, is, is it a point or is it a straight win straight win straight win um yeah I don't know which way I'm going to go on this so uh, yeah it should be a should be a game but uh maybe I the like NS- the Chiefs Sorry. but um and that might be my anti-Pittsburgh showing I think that's probably it. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Um, Moving on to the NFC. uh, The Green Bay Packers face the Dallas Cowboys. This is the last game of the weekend, and it's going to be the game of the weekend, isn't it? Yeah, this is going to be, you know, the the form team of the NFL at the moment versus the big story. And there's been a lot made in certain quarters about the fact that no rookie quarterback has ever led his team into um, the Super Bowl. Um, um, you know, there's an extra layer of pressure in the playoffs. I don't know how much to read into that just because um, he's looked pretty good all damn year. And when there have been questions, he stepped up and answered them. Um, the thing that worries me about Dallas would be their defense. Um, the pass rush c- can occasionally not appear and whether they've got enough to contain Green Bay um, and whether the um, Cowboys can maintain enough rush to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field I think they can do it I think it should be a good game but you just get the feeling that it might be Green Bay's year again yeah, I think you you might be right. I I personally think this one's going to be the Cowboys. Uh, they're going to come out, come out with the uh, with the win on this one. But I think Ezekiel Elliott needs to stop getting himself in car crashes. I don't know if you've seen that. He, uh, no, he it, no, I yeah, missed this. He, he had a, he, he's 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 playing it down. He's saying it wasn't particularly big, but uh, yeah, he had a he had a small incident this uh, this week, shall we say? So uh, hmm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. not good. Although you know, being hit every you know by a linebacker is pretty he's much a used car to crash on every play. And you know, good point. We, we, and we saw how um, Cam bounced back last year from yeah. his prang but yeah yeah i was unaware oh i i think it's, i wouldn't like to call this one this one isn't cool it's purely the, the, the person in me who is a fiction writer and, and understands <laughs> narratives can see one brewing with green bay in this run from Definitely. from sort of you know four and six to ten and six and, and and swinging into the playoffs with all this momentum Definitely. Uh, well, the Falcons are back in in the final game uh, we're going to look at this week. It's the Falcons and the Seahawks. They're back in action this week uh, in the this divisional week. Um, I this could be a good one as well. This is the third the third game that I think is close, and I'm not 100 percent sure which way to pick it. Yeah, and this is also um, a replay of a game where, if you remember, um, Richard Sherman was going absolutely crazy and. Brilliantly, it was the defensive players leaping around and talking to him and them having like a players-only meeting on the sideline because it wasn't really coaches involved bouncing up and down and pulling him back in and getting him refocused. And and so it should be an interesting game because you've got, you know, will that lack of Earl Thomas come back to bite them in this game where... The front has been great. The linebackers and the pass rushers has been good. But obviously, you know, the, 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 with the absence of Earl Thomas, the Legion of Boom has shown a few cracks just because he's mm-hmm. such a good player. And they're going up against what is arguably um, um, one of the best. Well, it, it's definitely, definitely is one of the best. It's arguably the best offense in the league right now. And so yeah. with a week to prepare, you know, it would be curious to see um, if how they stack up against that Falcons offense, which has been so good throughout the year. 
I'm thinking at this point, at very point, I'm thinking Falcons, but yeah, it's another one that could change. I've got until Friday to put my picks in. It could well change between now and then. And, and <laughs> Russell Wilson feels like one of those quarterbacks that you just don't want to pick against. You know that no. thing where Tom Tom Brady and you know if there's injuries and problems, you're going, yeah, but he's Tom Brady and it's Bill Belichick and, and it just seems to work. You get Russell Wilson just seems to be able to produce magic. And you, I don't know if you um, heard the stories at the weekend that you know this was the first week he played without his knee brace since he no, didn't earlier in the thing because it was you know his leg was feeling stronger and he was feeling faster and it's just like I would not want to face that quarterback you know there's, there's plenty of NFL quarterbacks that are very good that you don't want to face but he just it's a bit like the Aaron Rodgers thing where you think you've got him called and then he spun he's out and he's found a player and it's just like ah so yeah, yeah but um, I, I, I equally I kind of like um, math uh, Matt Ryan to put to bed some of this non-clutch playoff talk. I'm always rooting for players to be successful, particularly if they've been good, but there seems to be a narrative about, oh, they're not clutch. It just, it's like, you know, there's an awful lot of other players on the team other than the quarterback, and, you know, they don't always win or lose because of their play, If, if even if um, a quarterback go, does go a long way to defining how a, how a team does. Yeah, so this time next week we will know who's uh, in, the, in those championship games, so we'll be a step close to the Super Bowl. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week on this episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week when we'll be looking uh, at the games from the Divisional Week as well as picking who we think is going to be making it to the big one this year as we go into the Championship Week. In the meantime, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast get it delivered straight to your inbox every Thursday night. And also make sure you check out the blog to keep up with what G's been up to during the week. That's at thewrongfootball.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch, make sure you either drop us a lo- an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at WrongFootball or at TWFDan. And before you mention it, I know this joke has been done uh, on other podcasts, namely the Gridiron podcast. I think it's funny. Don't get triggered. Don't be emailing me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one is for the uh, Browns fans. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Tied that my Tim Couch, Dougie P, Phillies coach, Tim Couch back again. Then they drafted Spurgeon win. Kelly Holcomb, Luke McCown, Jeff Garcia came to town. Dilbert, Charlie Fry, all of them went bye-bye. Anderson and Brady Quinn, lots of guys who didn't win. Ken Dorsey, Gradkowski, and we're halfway done. Jake DeLong, Colt McCoy, Seneca, unemployed, Thad Lewis, Weed in five win seasons. Austin Davis, Josh McCown, yes they've had two McCown, Shaw, Hoyer, Campbell, oh f- it's Manziel. Whitehurst, Kessler, RG3 on IR, and probably as I sing this song they're gonna find another one. You can be the QB, but only free free. The Browns are a dumpster fire. You know the season's done, and they're in week one. Week one, 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 week one.